So, those of you who, who know me well know that I'm a, a little bit of a, a techie. I like my gadgets. I like all the, the newest, coolest things that are out. I'm the guy that when Apple uh, has a product launch announcement, as the, uh, the video comes on, before the guys even explained what it is they're, they're launching, I'm like, I want it. Well, we haven't actually told you what it is. It doesn't matter. I want it. Whatever it is, I'll, I'll take two. So, uh, I just, I love the newest, coolest technology. And I can remember this was about it's got to be at least 15 years ago. It could have been even longer. But at the time, I had um, what was probably the, um, one of the coolest phones there was. It was like a phone and a Palm Pilot. Uh, some of you uh, older ones in the room will know what I'm talking about. All built into one. And there was a company called TomTom that had this um, new software for um, map reading. There was this new thing called global positioning satellites. And um, I was one of the first people that got my hands on something that plugged into my phone so that I could plug in an address, and it would take me there. I know. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> Up until then, uh, for those of you who uh, uh, weren't born in the 1900s like me, um, we used to use these things called maps. We had these big books we had in our cars, and we drove around, and uh, then we got really cool. We had these things called map quests you could print off, and as long as you follow the, exact, the instructions exactly, you were fine. If you ever went off that route, you were in trouble, because that's all you knew, is I had to turn left here, and I didn't, so who knows where I am now. So... Um, I remember being at this youth convention. I was leading a group of college students at the time. There was about 20 of us. And um, after the convention, I was super excited because I was going to kind of show it off a little bit. And uh, we had to go. We were in Springfield, Illinois. We had to get to the hotel. And uh, they were kind of getting the maps out of the glove box. I was like, guys, guys, I got this. Check this out. I'm like, um, they're like, what's that? I was like, this is going to take us to the hotel. They're like, no. I said, seriously, you wait. This is so cool. I'm going to plug in the address of the hotel, and off we're going to go. And I did. The hotel, I think it was like Spring Street, something like that. So I plugged in the address of the hotel, and off we went. And uh, we were a group of about 20 of us in four or five different vehicles. So obviously, I'm in the lead vehicle, and I'm just following TomTom. He's telling me where to go. Turn left at the lights. And the people in my car are like, that's amazing. I was like, I know. Now, uh, take the second right. I was like, this is incredible. So we're on our way to the hotel. And I don't know Springfield that well, but uh, I sense that, you know, as we're getting closer to our destination, we seem to be getting further and further away from anything that would resemble um, any kind of commercial area, or more into residential. And it's like, now go down this street. And it's just all houses. And I'm looking, and we're like half a mile from our destination. I'm like, it's an odd place to put a hotel. And um, four cars all following me through these little neighborhoods. We're turning left, we're turning right, we're doing everything that Tom Tom tells us to do. Uh, I get to this street, I turn left, and it's, you know, it's getting real close now. And then literally it just suddenly said, um, you've reached your destination. And we are just in the middle of someone's neighborhoods. I mean, we've just stopped, and all these cars stop behind me, and people are starting to get out of cars, you know, like trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, it says this is the hotel, and it clearly isn't. Uh, we're never all going to fit in that house. So, um, so I, I jump on and look, and it turns out that the road this hotel was on, Spring Street, um, it was just kind of a small private road, uh, so it wasn't in TomTom's database. So instead of TomTom telling me, I don't know where Spring Street is, TomTom's like, well, there's a Spring Road, I can get you there. So it took me to a completely different address that sounded similar, and I trusted it. I just kind of went with it, and, and off I went. And fortunately, since then, mapping technology has uh, uh, improved somewhat. It's got a little bit better. Because how ridiculous to think, well, I, I know this is where you want to go. I'll take you somewhere else that sounds kind of like it. How about that? <laughs> Terrible idea. But I 
ask a question this morning that kind of ties in with this series that we're in. And the question I want to ask is, what if losing your way was a good thing? I mean, that day, I didn't feel like it. There were four cars behind me. There were 20 people all kind of wandering around thinking, Dave, what, where have you taken us here? But what if losing your way was a good thing? You see, we're doing this series right now called Love is for Losers. And over the last three weeks, we've been talking about this very idea that when it comes to love and relationships, that sometimes losing is actually the key to winning. I know, it doesn't make sense at all. Losing is the key to winning. But we've kind of unpacked that a bit over these last three weeks. So I opened up the series and I was talking about this, this idea that losing the battle sometimes means winning the war. Sometimes in order to win the war, you've got to be willing to lose the battle. We looked at a subject that Paul, a guy by the name of Paul, talked about in the New Testament and this whole idea of submitting to one another, what that looks like. How sometimes submitting to your spouse, to your loved ones, to your kids, to your parents, that, that idea of living that life of submission, it might look like you're losing, but ultimately, in a relational sense of view, you're winning. Then a couple of weeks ago, Whitney, our children's pastor, did a fantastic job. She was up here, and, and she talked about what it would look like to lose the mask. That when it comes to relationships, sometimes we've got to be willing to lose the mask. And she talked about the idea of vulnerability and how we all wear these masks, don't we? We try and make out everything's okay. But sometimes, for the sake of our relationships and the health and the strength of our relationships, we need to be willing to be vulnerable, to lose the mask. Last week, a great friend of mine, Nate, was here, and uh, he continued on in the series. His, his title, he was talking about losing the right to be right. Losing the right to be right. And he talked about conflict. And I don't care whether you're married or whether you're uh, husband and wife, parents, employers, any relationship you can think of in your life, I guarantee you at some point there will come a point of conflict. And Nate, last week, he talked about how sometimes we have to be willing to lose the right to be right and how we can navigate conflict as a follower of Jesus. Now, all of those messages, if you're interested in learning more, they're all on our website, uh, on our, uh, if you've got a mobile phone, you can, uh, if you've got a mobile phone, who hasn't got a mobile phone? Uh, on your mobile phone, <laughs> on your mobile phone, there's uh, connectwashington.live, you can go and you can, you can listen to those messages. But this morning, I want to close out by talking about losing your way, losing your way. And I'm not talking about getting lost this morning. I'm not actually talking about losing your way and, and finding yourself in a neighborhood when you should be at a hotel. I'm talking about what it looks like in your relationships. Are you willing to lose your way? When it comes to that relationship with that person that you, you are closest to, are you willing to be able to say, I want to lose my way here? What do I mean by that? Well, let's just say that if this guy were here this morning, he wouldn't like this message at all. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words. 
karaoke to that song? Is that, that seems to be a good sing-along, a good one. <laughs> Frank Sinatra singing, I did it my way. I, if Frank was here this morning, he would not like this message. Because I'm going to talk about how in a relationship, the harm that that can cause. If you're the kind of person who says, no, we're going to do it my way. It's my way or the highway. We're going to talk about the idea that when it comes to relationships, sometimes we've got to be willing, and especially if we are followers of Jesus, we've got to be willing to lose our way, to lose your way, to be willing to not have to do it my way. Because the core of this problem, the core of the my way problem is something called pride. And you know what pride is? Pride is the thing that we hate in others, but we excuse in ourselves. Have you ever noticed that? Pride is the thing that we don't like it when we see it manifesting in someone else, but when we see it in ourselves, we, we can come and come up with an excuse for why it's there. If you were to look through the Bible, I just found three random verses here that talk about pride. Proverbs 13, verse 10, where there is strife, there is pride. Is there strife in your relationships this morning? Because often where there is strife, there is pride. Proverbs 8, 13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, the New Testament, Peter says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Pride is, I want it my way. And if we're going to do a series about relationships, and this kicked off at the beginning of February as everyone was starting to think about relationships, Valentine's Day was on its way. If we're going to talk about relationships... Marriage, family, neighbors, employees, we have to consider the danger that pride can have in our lives. So we're going to look at some um, words from a guy by the name of Paul this morning. So as I mentioned earlier, Paul was a, a key person in the New Testament. He wrote a lot of letters to a lot of different churches, a lot of different followers of Jesus in the New Testament. He wrote these after Jesus' life. So Jesus has lived and died. He's risen again. The church is just starting to grow. If you read um, the book of Acts, which is the, the fifth book in the New Testament, it tells you how the church is just starting to build and grow. And, and halfway through Acts, we meet this character by the name of Paul. And then the rest of the New Testament, a lot of the letters that we read were written by Paul himself. Paul was writing to a group of followers of Jesus in a city called Philippi. And in Philippians 2, and this is why this is so important, because listen to what he says in the very beginning part of what we're going to read here. Verse 5, in your relationships with one another, that's what we're talking about here, relationships with one another. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So in your relationships with one another, if you're married, if you've got kids, if you've got parents, if you're at work, if you're in relationship with anyone in any context, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So I think Paul's kind of asking the question, do you want your relationships here to be healthy? He's writing to these followers thousands of years ago. Do you want your relationships with one another to be healthy? We're reading his words today and asking ourselves the same question. Do, do we want our relationships to be healthy? Then the key is that we should have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? Well, I think it means we need to be willing to think like, to be willing to behave like, to, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus. So 
So why? Why, Paul? Why should we follow in the footsteps of Jesus? How will that help us in our relationships? He goes on to say, verse 6, because Jesus being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So Paul's reminding this group of Jesus followers in this very new church, many of whom would, would, he, would definitely have known of Jesus, some of whom may have even met Jesus, heard him speak, He's like, let's not forget who Jesus was. Jesus came down from heaven. He was was king, and he chose to give that up to come down here and live amongst us. That's incredible. I'm not sure that we can fully understand what that really means. Who Jesus is, who he was, and what he was willing to give up to come and live on earth and live amongst us. And Paul's trying to explain this. And I think the the closest, the closest we can come to maybe understanding this a little bit, and and honestly, this this is just a tiny glimpse, but just to give you a little bit of an idea of, of what that must have looked like to have given up so much to come for us. I think we have to take a look at maybe this couple. Yes, it's Harry and Meghan. I remember when Harry was thinking about marrying Meghan and he called me. He says, Dave, I'm dating this American girl. I thought I'd get some advice from you. I said, Harry, be careful, all right? Let me tell you, these American girls, they're trouble, all right? I, uh, I know, I'm married to one. But he went ahead and married her anyway. And now look, he's stepping away. He's giving up, up everything. He's going from being Prince Harry to, well, just Harry, basically. <laughs> He's giving up, the, thr- giving up the, the royal life, giving all of this up. Now, now I will say, I actually, um, joking aside, he, he didn't call me. I missed the call. It was just a voicemail. But... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. I think it's great that he's willing to, to put his wife and his family first. And I happen to advocate the idea of marrying an American. I think it's brilliant. I found myself a good one here, so I'd recommend all of you marry an American. They're, they're great. Um, but it's caused such a fuss and such a media uproar, hasn't it? Because, because everyone's looking on this Harry that he's given up so much. He's given up the, the, the palace. He's given up the royal lifetime. You know, and for this woman, he's given all this up, and it's become such news. And, and it's such a tiny, tiny example compared to what Jesus did for us. I mean, you imagine that and times it by a million. Jesus gave up heaven to come and live amongst us. That's what Paul's saying. He's leading us on this this train of thought here. It's almost like a poem that he says here in Philippians chapter 2. He's saying, we have to have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. And let me remind you what that mindset looks like. If you want relationships with one another, Jesus, he gave up all of that to come and be here amongst us. And that's not all. He was in the very nature, God. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, made in human human likeness. And if that in itself isn't huge, listen to what happened next. And then, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Not only did Jesus humble himself by choosing to come and live as a man, he humbled himself even more by choosing to then give up that life. And you know, at Easter time, we'll remember this, the idea that there was a moment where Jesus was in a garden called Gethsemane, and he was praying on his knees, weeping, saying, God, if there is any other way. The truth is, there was a, there was a tension in Jesus. This, this isn't my way. This isn't what I want to do, but I know that this is your will, God. I know that this is the way. This, this is the only way that, that mankind, that you and me this morning can have our relationship with God restored is if, if Jesus goes through with this. So Jesus is willing to lose his way for you and me this morning. And Paul's using his example to challenge those early followers of Jesus and to challenge us today, I think of what it looks like to lose our way for the sake of the relationships in our lives. Because it's not easy, is it? If we're to have the same mindset as Jesus, if we're to, to follow him in our relationships with one another, it's easy, isn't it? Because we like Jesus. And I think if I went around the room this morning and said, you know, how many of you like Jesus? I think a lot of people say, well, yeah, I like Jesus. I'm just not sure if I want to become like Jesus. I like Jesus, but that's, that's a big ask to, to ask me to become like Jesus. Because Paul's given this very stark picture here of what Jesus was willing to do for his relationship for us. But another guy later called Peter, he wrote about this in 1 Peter 2.21. He said, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so what Jesus did was an example to us that you, that we should follow in his steps. Jesus is one, Paul, Peter's saying, I want you to follow the example that Jesus said. I want you to follow his example. Because it was an incredible example. Because if there was ever anyone who walked this earth who had the, the right to demand that people follow him. It's, it's not Prince Harry. It's the King of Kings. It's Jesus himself. He, he brought all power from heaven. He didn't give it up. That, all that power was at his disposal. And yet he chose instead to serve. And if you read about the life of Jesus, it, it wasn't like one of those kind of fake postures, you know, where it's like a, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a big deal. I know I'm really important, but I'm going to serve. I mean, he genuinely served. That's the challenge, isn't it? Sometimes we can say, well, well I want to be like Jesus. I want to I serve others. I want to um, uh, follow his example. And we try to put this posture on of serving. But uh, well, Here's a great example. Have you ever done this where you've been in a situation, maybe you're sat down in the chair and you're super comfortable and uh, uh, your spouse or someone's working away and, and you can see that they're, they're doing something and you're like, uh, can I help you with that? And, and you kind of start to stand up and they're like, no, I'm fine. I got it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> You had no intention of getting up, did you? I mean, you, you just wanted to be known as that person who said, I'm willing to, can I get, okay, I'll just <laughs> You were just really banking on them saying, no, I got it. So you're like, okay, well, I did offer. I just, I got, I got all, all the way up. That's not how Jesus lived his life. He was a true servant. He served others. So are you prepared to lose your way this week for the sake of those 
who love you in your lives. To serve instead of being served. Because it's not easy. And, and I was thinking as I was preparing the message, I could, I could think of a dozen examples and a dozen, dozen practical ways that we could try this during our lives. But the reality is, I think if you just went away from here this morning thinking about this, like how can I lose my way? How can I look for situations in my, my marriage, my family, amongst my friends at school, my friends at work? How, how can I look for an opportunity this week to serve instead of being served? If you would just live one week thinking that way, you'll be amazed at how many opportunities there are to serve others, to lose your way. Now, I know this can be problematic, um, because if we all did this, then it would be a little bit like, have you ever been in that situation where you pulled up to a four-way stop, and maybe one or two, or even three other cars all kind of got there at the same time, and there's just like that, it seems like forever, they're all just sitting, looking at each other, and, and no one's really moving, and then someone just starts to do this, and the other guy starts at the same time, so now you're both like <laughs> doing this, and, and, then not, and then all of a sudden, everyone goes at once, and then they all stop, and you start all over again, you're like... <laughs> Like eventually, someone's got to go first. Someone's got to have their way, okay? Or you'll be there all day long. So I recognize it's not simple, but I tell you what, if all four cars pull up to that intersection at the same time, and all of them grip the wheel, put their foot on the gas and say, no, it's my way, and they go for it, that's going to cause a lot of pain, a lot of damage. It's just changing the way we live our lives. What does it look like this way to serve instead of be served? To have your way instead of my way? Throughout this series, we were looking for some kind of practical um, tool that we could give you as families and as couples here at Connect. And, and uh, this weekend, we had a big family night on Friday night. Many of you stopped by and you, you picked up your bags. And I've got one of the bags here. I want to tell you what we have because there are still some available. And I want to encourage you to, to grab these this morning. So inside, there's a, uh, a piece of paper which has got some great conversation starters that you and your family and go through together. We got some coupons in there to local restaurants. We got some uh, popcorn, hot chocolate, some candy. So these are just the whole point of this is to encourage you and your family to pause and to enjoy some time together. Because let's be honest, I bet there's times where some of you, maybe you've been working hard, maybe it's been a busy week, and you sit down and I just want to watch something on Netflix. Doesn't matter what, I just want to watch. <laughs> few episodes back to back, just let them keep rolling one into the other. And there's that sense that, well, what if we did something as a family tonight? What if we played a game together? What if we went out together? What if my husband and I or my wife and I, we went off to just have dinner, just the two of us? And, but inside you're like, but I want it my way. I want to just do nothing. And whatever that is, you're, this is what it looks like to lose your way. We've got, we've got, a lot of these bags left, so please grab one this morning and make this a practical application to this morning's message. Wives, take one and, and tell your husband, we're going to do this this week. Husbands, take one and say, kids, I know you want to just get home and play the Xbox, but no, we're doing this this week. We're going to go out as a family. We're going to ask some questions. We're going to have a family night together because we want to give up our way. We want to lose our way for the sake of our family. And then listen to how Paul finished this little short kind of poem that he was reading. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. 
He gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus chose to serve. He chose to humble himself, not just to come from heaven and a place of royalty, but to earth, but then to humble himself even more and give up his life. We should have, for the sake of our relationships, that same mindset as Jesus. Now, it shouldn't be manipulative. Jesus eventually was lifted up and is now worshipped and is back in his rightful place. And that shouldn't be why we serve, to somehow get us the upper hands. But isn't it crazy how in life that seems to be what a lot of our colleagues at work, a lot of our friends at school, a lot of our um, people in our neighborhood, that seems to be, it's like, how can I get better? How can I get ahead? What can I do to make sure that things go my way? They all seem to be looking for this way. And Jesus gives this crazy example of actually, what if you were to go this way? What if you were to serve others? What if you were to lose your way? Maybe that's the way to success. Maybe that's the way to greatness. Instead of pursuing your way, choosing to lose your way. Because if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, you've made that decision to say, Jesus, I want to kind of re calibrate my life. I want to change the way my life's going. I've tried to do it my way. It's not going well. I want to do it your way. I want to follow you. Then your goal in following Jesus is to hear the words that he said we all will hear one day we stand before him, when we stand before him. It's in Matthew 25, 23, that Jesus will one day say, well done, good and faithful. You know what he won't say? Pastor. Well done, good and faithful pastor. He's not going to say that. Well done, good and faithful church planter. doesn't say he'll say that. Well done, good and faithful business leader, executive, teacher, students. None of those are listed. In this verse, it says that we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Those are the words that we live to believe that we'll one day hear. So as we close our series, you want to know the secret to having a long and happy relationship with someone? You've got to be willing to lose. Maybe even lose your way. Because love is for losers.